Welcome to Verbosity, the only podcast that knows what that word means. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Uh, what'd you think of this episode? Oh, sorry. I should tell people what the episode is first. Season Probably. Th- season 3, episode 9, chapter 35. What did you think of it? Uh, it was a definite uh, moving and shaking episode. It was. L- lots of, of stuff happened in this episode uh, with Stamper, with Frank, with uh, Petrov, with Jackie and Remy, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of movement. I'm. I, I like it, and it does some exciting things. But for some reason, this this was one of my least favorite episodes of the season. Mm. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're back to back in these things, and I just get worn well, out with House of Cards after a while. Could be, but also I think that there is there is some absurd things going on with Doug Stamper. Like he's been a weird <laughs> character, but now he's weird and like. You know, planting his face in in Francis' crotch. Mm-hmm. Like I understand. Right before what... Meacham comes in, it's a dangerous thing, dangerous yeah. game he's playing. He's he's looking at him with jealous eyes. He's staring down the barrel of a three a three chum there. Meacham's looking at that that crotch berry face yep. with jealous eyes. I it, it's who I and then he's like crying and hugging, hugging his brother, even though he coldly dismissed him before. It's like I don't feel like I have any kind of handle on this guy. I and I didn't feel like. It surprised me, I guess, that he was so in love with Rachel. Well, but, that it would destroy him when she was. That's what I'm saying. Like I had finding increasingly hard to relate to this guy because he was already weird. But every single, it's kind of breathtaking. Maybe they'll like we're they'll they'll warp it around and he'll go for so weird that it's kind of like that uh, Linder dude from the bridge. That's gonna be him. Like he, had a lock jaw. he just kept getting weirder and weirder until no, I he's finally gonna t- liked him. Ha- have you seen the episode of It's Always Sunny where uh, Charlie gets in a trial t- for these really th- these pills that make you really intelligent? Yes, he's yeah. going to be Charlie at the end of that. Right, right. <laughs> Coming out on stage with a cane and a weird voice and yeah. crazy hair. Yeah, no, thinking I, he's, he's got the plot thread, but he doesn't. No, he does God, not. he doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm having a hard time with Doug this this year, and, and Remy too. Remy threw me for a loop this episode as well. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. He kind of he kind of spells it all out. You know, he's jealous of what Jackie has. He doesn't have anything of his own, and that got to him this episode. Plus, I, think I guess kind of, they're they've been trying to sell me on the fact that they were in love with each other still. Okay, which I never really bought, but they do it. With Remy glancing at her ass while he's handing her papers, that doesn't yeah. seem the thing to do if you're in love with someone. Just like, mm, yes. let me check out your ass while I'm here. I'm trying to confirm reports that this ass is still fat. <laughs> it's a presidential order. Uh, the Russians have cordoned the ass off. We need to get boots <laughs> on the ground to confirm said fatness. We cannot yeah. act on this intelligence. We must. He, he was. He, he was. Uh, put our nation's needs first. Sure. So I, I don't know where I stand on on Remy at this point. It, I mean, that's a relatable story, though. Like you know, it is, but it came it came kind of out of nowhere for me. Like right. I know he's had a thing for Jackie for a while, but it came to a head in a way that I didn't understand. Yeah, this goes back to like what Seppenwall said at the beginning of the season after seeing three episodes that like I just you know he just didn't care, he didn't have a good handle on the characters, and I was like, oh well, whatever. He hasn't paid attention. Yeah. But now I feel like I had a good handle on Jackie and Remy, and yeah. I don't understand w- why they are so affected by all this. Yeah. I mean, 
Honestly, I thought Remy's plot with, um, you know, not being believed as the, uh, the, 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 as the press secretary of the, uh, president, I mm-hmm. thought that was actually pretty compelling. Yeah, I did too. I mean, as compelling as you can get in like a five minute social justice piece on the House of Cards, but like that, uh, was cool. And I kind of almost believed, like, okay, well, they don't have a real relationship and maybe it's like two ships passing the night. But I almost believe that he is jealous of her fake marriage Mm -hmm. and he has no one to come home to. That's certainly what he says in the episode. I don't don't know necessarily what the subtext is. But I feel like a dude like Remy would like go into the White House like with a head of steam and like this was bullshit and I'm going to I'm going to do something to to let my righteous anger be known. He, he might I'm gonna sue later on. I mean, he clearly asks for a ticket well, saying, for like, records. I didn't I'd like to see? Yeah, I don't really need to see him go crying to Jackie. Sure. No, that surprised me. That I would like to loop. see him Frank Underwood it up. Okay, but and we <laughs> might get that. But I'm like, okay, well, if we get that, then why to Jackie? But yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's there they probably are having this in a back pocket because they need some more intrigue. Although I don't know that they don't because already. This is the kind of brilliant thing about this show. Mm-hmm. I suspect, and I, everyone ev- at all times, and every single time I see yeah, yeah, a yeah. plan being hatched, I think, what would the inverse of that plan be? Uh-huh. Or are there multiple other <laughs> things it could take? Or sure. multiple other paths? So it's like, you know, it kind of reminds me of like season one of Homeland, where it's like it's hard to believe that they stretch this conceit of a guy's loyalty and how it can shift uh-huh. and change and make a whole season out of it. They try they, they fucked up by trying to make it three. But that first season was compelling as hell. Yeah. And House of Cards is like that throughout its seasons for me, too. Yeah, and, and I think we saw the ending of that line of theorization, uh, line of speculation for Stamper this episode. Yes. I think he, I finally understand what is motivating Stamper. If he's a quintuple agent, I'm out. There's no it, way. It would be too much. Too much. That's jumping the shark territory. Yeah. It's over the top. What do you think... I mean, obviously, they set up Dunbar as somewhat backdoor triumphant this episode because, you know, Frank dresses her down and threatens her. And I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. what an interesting inversion. It's usually the president getting death threats from crazy people. The president is issuing crazy death threats from the Oval Office in this episode. Sure. And she's like, whatever. I'm going to go talk to the Iowa Food Caucus guy Mm -hmm. who looks exactly like that title would make you believe he would look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a corn-fed <laughs> beef man. And I love that he's he's finished his gigantic-ass lobster that uh-huh. I'm sure is drenched in butter. Sure. Frank comes in. He sits down for a tiny bite of a carrot with a dipping sauce and doesn't even have time to eat it as he's before talk- he's out the door. As this guy's talking, <laughs> he's sitting down to this ra- literal rabbit food uh-huh. as the guy's dressing down vegan lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, the vegan, uh, I like that. I thought it was funny. It's like that there's a a caucus or whatever that uh, sees the vegan, like the teeny tiny adoption of vegan lives. It's not like we have millions mm. of vegans out there. Maybe we do. Maybe I feel I feel like I'm 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 hearing the the keyboards click and clack of the vegan lobby. Like on contraire, we are millions strong. I'm just saying that. <laughs> well, they're French too. They're all they're all French. <laughs> Don't every make, fucking make vegan, no bones. every yep. one of them. Don't let them pretend otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can I can hear I can hear them lobby. If I, I don't sure. mean to disrespect you, 
But I think it's funny that there's a lobby that's concerned with the rising tide of veganism. Like, everything's political. Everything is political in this country. You know, I bet we would have probably said the same thing about, you know, Anheuser-Busch being concerned about craft brewing 15 years ago. But look where that's going, man. Now they're trying to get in on the game because it's such a lucrative market. No, no, I get it. Yeah. I so mean, I, I would say that's all like all lobbying is stupid because it's essentially it's, it, it it's turns it, it's basically trying to enshrine the status quo, like yes. carve out mm-hmm. a niche for yourself and to make sure no one else can get that niche from you. Yeah. No matter how bad you are. Yes. At what you do. I mean, just <laughs> lobbying seems like it sucks. Although I don't know. There's a lot of lobbying for good things like, you know, vaccinating yeah. your kids and mm-hmm. education, things of that nature. Uh, I totally skipped the part where you tell people who made this almost episode. two episodes running. I know I, I had to get back to it this time this because it's a very a special episode. I think uh, I don't one know. that we don't see very often. Uh, is it? It's a it's a yeah. it's a Robin Wright direct directed episode. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. No, she she uh, did one before. Um, not you know not a lot of directorial credits in uh, IMDb. It's it's just this one thing. I I don't know. I guess she's been in a couple movies too. Uh, like a period piece called The Princess Bride. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. Never seen it. One of those uh, like Marvel superhero movies called Unbreakable. But just, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't place her. Uh, but I thought she did a decent job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't noticing anything uh, bad about the directing here. So uh, score one for Robin Wright. And is written by uh, John Mankiewicz, which we've talked about. He also wrote uh, the second episode of the season, and uh, he did a lot of House MD and uh, has been a story editor and contributor on House of Cards for the last few seasons. Okay. Uh, where else do we want to go? I mean, we we kind of talked roundabout um, on a couple of these topics. Yeah. So far. Well, so, so Thomas and Kate are getting hot and heavy. Oh, you want? Uh, okay, let's go there. Yeah, Kate's riding Thomas, and his mm-hmm. uh, her credentials are riding his. I thought that there, when it, there's kind of like a panning over all this stuff, mm-hmm. there's a newspaper with the front cover flipped over to this big headline: "Domestic Abuse Scandal." And I wonder if there is something that if, if there's something going on that we were supposed to, is that is that like the first reveal of like where the next phase of this stuff is going. Is there going to be a domestic abuse scandal rocking someone? Could, maybe, but I it didn't. Nothing came of it of no. this episode. So what mm-hmm. the hell? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I thought the the line the president just saw me come was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the shot of Frank. So on his, I feel like that Frank in this episode is starting to catch on to there might be some divided loyalties uh, of Thomas. That that scene in the plane when he was saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry, I have to blow you off because these crazy Russians." Yeah, uh, why don't you come up and sit with me? He's like, "Oh no, that's no, okay." No. And then that's Frank, totally out of character, right? Yeah, like it's it wasn't like a zing, but it was like you know, walk down the hallway, like wait a second, and kind of look back. Now I noticed that Thomas was was fairly clever or fairly uh, I don't know what you'd call this word astute. Okay. Because when the president came back for the, the impromptu press conference about the Russian situation, 
he sat at a different table from Kate. Uh-huh. So he's trying to keep this all under wraps, right? That's smart. But if he's really trying to keep it under wraps, maybe fix the sex hair before you go <laughs> to Air Force One is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, no. Although, you know, <laughs> who among us has not rocked some back-of-the-head sex hair at some point F- fair going point. into the office? Fair point. And if you haven't, you should fix that and try it someday. Yeah, try it it's, out. It's not bad. It might look good on you. The afternoon delight slash yeah. uh, pregame, uh, you know, session why not a lot to recommend it honestly i recommend it on air force one particularly if you can get it going on air force one then yeah by all means um you're right though something with the the clintons and kennedys of the of the world i'm Mm -hmm. fairly certain sex has been had on air force one oh yeah With, with with many people not the first lady yeah probably so all right, just wanted to get that out there. Uh, <laughs> All right. Oh, one thing I want to talk about uh, that I forgot to mention last episode is another thought on Freddie and why he was telling his grandson, uh, basically, give up your dreams, uh, don't, don't, don't be president. All right, this was your the, your 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 own astuteness. Yeah, p- post episode, post recording of the last podcast, though. Right. Um, I I wonder if with the line coming from him, you know, about that guy, nothing out of that guy's mouth is true. He's just a liar. I wonder if he's telling his grandson not to dream big because he doesn't want to become like Frank. Yeah, like, I don't want to see you a politician. I thought that's a good yeah. point because, you know, obviously he's seen more Frank of Frank than, than most, enough to know that uh, there's there's some skeletons in those closets. And just, you know, yeah. what kind of person you have to be to, to be yeah. that lifestyle. Absolutely. I, I think that could be another factor here. Um. Why don't we talk okay. about before we get to the Russian thing, which I think okay. is what you're going that, to. That next. is where I was going. Yeah, one thing that's, bo- that's starting to bug me is like you know when the Mad Men, most of the ad campaigns are really compelling, and when you see them pitched, you're like, oh wow, yeah, this is believably a very good camp ad campaign that I could see making it on the television and magazine and movie screens of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like the House of Cards is like that too. Like they get most of their political slogans and campaign stuff fairly right. And every once in a while, they'll have a weird thing like, you know, uh, Frank trying to do alphabet soup on a talk show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But this, you are entitled to nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> this would go over like a lead, a depleted uranium balloon, man. Yeah. It seems I, like the opposite of the message I would want to like, say. Like a di- like a dim- – he is essentially giving like a Tea Party campaign speech. Yeah. Uh, even going one step further, we need to dismantle Social Security because entitlements are bad. Mm-hmm. As a Democrat, that just is not going to work. No, absolutely it's not. It's ludicrous. <laughs> it's ludicrous. It is, and it makes and, me wonder what the show is thinking because they can't be that blind. That's what I'm saying. Like That's when like the wheels come off a of Mad Men, when they pitch. Every so often, they'll pitch one that's like... Oh, and sometimes it's the point, like, you yeah, know, it's the, the point the, of the time pitching a suicide note to uh, yes. the Hawaiian hotel executives <laughs> uh-huh. and not even really sometimes it's point, but sometimes it's just like, oh, well, they have to make up commercials and they're not all going to be good. This I, made up campaign thing was was not good. And it took me out of the episode. You're right. But I can't imagine that the, the writers on this show are that blind to what the message is and, and that that wouldn't work. Do you think sometimes they're like, fuck it? Because we were discussing, like, we spend a lot of time when a scene goes like, oh, shit, let's watch that, like, a bunch of times because we weren't sure of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that a lot of the stuff 
doesn't really matter. Like yeah. the particulars of Jordan and Palestine and Russia and all this stuff going on and, and, and Africa being the commander and then no, it's Egypt, all that. It doesn't really matter. These are just essentially carrots and sticks. Yeah. In, it's in, a way to keep score, but the uh, actual rules don't matter. It's the, the score is the only thing that matters. Exactly. It's a way to say who's winning at the time. So that's, and, and that's like, what the show's about, right? Power grab. Sometimes I think that if they're written into a corner or whatever, they're just like, you know what? Let's just, who cares? We could rack our brain to come up with something better, or maybe not. Or we could just go ahead and go with this, and it's it's just going to be one bumpy episode, one scene in a bumpy episode. And hmm. I don't know. That's pretty cynical, and I hate to hear people making art being cynical like that. Yeah, but... that, I I would I would frown if I heard that that was the case. <laughs> It would make me. Uh, it would put a grumpy, uh, grumpy. I don't smile know. I mean, here's face. the test. Like, if you are a listener and you are a Democrat and you would vote for a Democratic candidate that's 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 saying these things, mm-hmm. I would love to hear it. Conversely, if you're a Republican and you would, on a cold day in hell, vote for a Democrat <laughs> as president saying these things, uh, I would very much like to hear from you. I bet I don't get a lot of of affirmative responses to this call. House yeah. of Cards at baldmove dot com. <laughs> All right, how about Russia? Russia! And, and the Jordan Valley, and Israel, and Palestine, all Russians, of all the above. Russians want justice. Um, yeah, they want justice, man. The big question I have is whether or not Petrov did this on purpose. Yeah, so I guess we should, Started this we should explain this for the people that didn't rewind some of these scenes three or four times. And, you know, maybe it's easy to follow, but I think... Can I, can I just say Matchstick is a terrible code name for this project, right? right. I, I'm going to light a fucking fuse on this situation with this operation. Sure. No. I'm going to call it Matchstick. No. That that's a little on the nose. Well, I mean, if you if you believe Tom Clancy, and I have no reason to not, the uh, the launch codes of of the United States nuclear arsenal. Are you going to list them here? Well, I mean, former. They've used things uh, like uh, snap count, cocked pistol. I mean, like, it's just... They're, stuff that's just begging to be used. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, the, I don't think the military has a lot of imagination. Hmm. Okay. And and lots of, uh, uh, you know, testosterone boners. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a combination that ends up with stuff like matchstick. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel Operation Powder. Uh, cancel Operation Powder Keg. This is Matchstick. Matchstick. <laughs> Nitroglycerin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stand by for gasoline. So, I mean, so, what did you think about all this? So, yeah, so, so essentially, uh, I think we're supposed to believe that the Russians killed their own soldiers. Okay. To, um. Embarrass, I guess, to sh- show what a disastrous thing, and then they're gonna like be Russians. <laughs> they're gonna be Russian, which okay, they're gonna strap GoPros to their guns and no, but it's like okay, so like let's say that you know I don't know, like I lost <laughs> something, like someone someone mugged me, okay, uh-huh. and you're my friend. Let's pretend you're my Let's, friend, yeah, and you're like you're, mm-hmm. you. You go up and be like, "Hey, man, you got you lost your in you know you lost your wallet." And if I just lashed out and like punched you, like get the fuck out of my face, you'd be like, "That's wildly out of character for air." I would not expect him to behave that way. If you have a belligerent asshole of a friend, mm-hmm. and and you had that same conversation, then you might expect it. So it's like in a weird way, the Russians are like the belligerent asshole friends. 
that they are going to expect that they can just cordon off an area and say, no, no, the rest of the world, you cannot investigate this. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're expecting from us. So we will get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I've Whereas seen, the United I've States seen countries that. do this before. United States pull that, and it's mm-hmm. like, everyone's like, this is undeniably horseshit. We don't even need intelligence. This is just bad stuff. Because sure. normally you'd be like, yeah, come on in, come on in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, uh, personally, I'm of the opinion that the Russians are up to something here. Uh, just probably to try to get those troops out of the region. Like, this whole operation is a failure. Uh, just un- undo it. Undo it. Well, or embarrassed because if they get involved in a war that drives the United States out, I mean, that's kind of like what they wanted in the first place. This thing to fail is what they wanted, and if Palestine and Israel go to war, then what do they care? Sure. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's personal with Frank, though, with Frank and Petrov. You don't think so? Uh, not, no, not so much. I, I got more that it was like they both want to accomplish their goals and they're each standing in the other's way well so i have a not not like oh you kissed my wife at the reception oh your wife gave me shit over the corrigan thing okay it's just business but they make it personal just to tweak the others but that's that's still part of it just being business (laughs) yes that's kind of the impression i got that's just the way they play the game uh okay Uh, that makes sense i got a couple things i want to question you about okay they're putting a lot of faith in this soil sample this, this, this bomb fake, analysis. Fake soil sample. My yeah. question is, if I'm Russia and I'm planning to bomb my own troops, mm-hmm. how hard is it to get a hold of Palestinian explosives? Probably not that hard. More to the point, wouldn't most Palestinian explosives be either Russian or Chinese explosives? <laughs> Probably. Uh-huh. So what the fuck is this soil analysis going to tell? Well, it turns out they were blown up by 60s area Soviet explosives. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? I mean, there's roughly 50 rogue states that are armed to the teeth with this shit, all looking to cause trouble. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what materials they use. They did say it was an IED, so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. And, You're probably right. Yeah, and I'm like... So what would it tell them if it came back, oh, yeah, Russian explosives? Right. Like well, maybe it's 2014 Russian explosives that tell you something, but then again, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, Russia? That's like killing some dude with a gun that says your name on it and Uh address and then leaving the gun with your handprints on the scene. Yeah. Like, you're not that dumb. No, I I don't believe that they're that that dumb. So what if... Uh What if Russia just intended... Because because President Fowler's not paying attention. What if Russia intentionally put their troops in the more dangerous locations, hoping that something like this would happen knowing that they would be expected to then put up a cordon because that's what Russians do. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that they didn't blow up the thing and President Fowler is going to provoke this whole world response and the Russians are going to ha- somehow, with chemical analysis or whatever, prove that they didn't do it. Yeah. Now, that's a crazy theory, number one. Number two, why does Claire believe this diplomat, the one that she just humiliated in a women's restroom like three episodes ago? He comes to her with a somber yeah, face I, and says, I, "I think she trusted her read on it." And I, I don't like know. she wasn't buying what he was saying, but she was reading into what he was saying and his body language and all that, and sure. just kind of got the read that he was, he was trying to convey information. I, I don't know, man. I, it's it's tough because all of these people are good actors, and I don't mean the actors; I mean yes. the characters are it, good actors. Both around, and also yes. we've seen all of them make. 
like even though they are very astute characters, Claire and Frank both, we've seen them both make mistakes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. no one's perfect. And you mm-hmm. can get conned. I mean, that's the thing that drives me crazy is people say, well, Frank, you know, always wins. Yes, he always wins because it's his fucking show. <laughs> sure. But he gets some believable, some not so believable. He makes sidesteps and missteps all throughout the series. So he does. Clear. Yeah, the judge thing. Just, just sure. this season was a misstep. Sure. I mean, he's kind of snatching victory from the Jaws uh, defeat uh, every single episode. Yeah. Um. So I just, I kind of feel like that there was a tell there is that they had the only thing that they could corroborate is his mention of his brother being dissatisfied in the FSB, which is uh, the, the new kinder, gentler version of the KGB. Uh-huh. It's the Federal Security Service. Uh, it's FSB, probably for some Cyrillic reasons. Yeah, it has some uh, crazy name that um, I cannot pronounce. But that was the only kind of like I, I think that was meant to be looked up on, but they didn't have time to look up on it. They, like they're like, mm. well, he's been gone for a week, but there's something fishy to all this, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it doesn't, it doesn't completely add up that there would be. I, I don't know. This attack seems awfully convenient for the Russians at this point. Yeah, but like convenient, how convenient? Like how is this like, uh, you know, is this a lie, a brick, or a murder moment for Petrov, <laughs> for fake Putin? It's it's at best a brick. I don't think it's a murder. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. Um, Even though there was murder involved. Speaking of murder involved, mm-hmm. Rebecca Sands slash Rachel slash Jane Doe. What is going on, man? Is she dead for real? Because that is picture, that... I... I couldn't recognize her. No, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly either. ID her. And Gavin is not above playing this dude. That's the thing. Like he could fabricate fingerprints. That that picture was. He could fabricate all of that stuff. How I know if yeah. someone slapped a dossier. And I get Doug's kind of a savvy operator, but he doesn't mm-hmm. know the shit that Gavin's he capable can't. of. No, he doesn't have the inside track on the FBI like that. No, Gavin could just have stitched this thing from whole cloth. Yep, and like. Believing photographs in this day and age, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what the fuck? Like twenty years sure. ago, we got the technology that you could pretty much fake everything. Yeah, I'm, that conversation was hard to parse for me because there were two deaths that he describes there. I think so. So one was the the person whose identity Rachel took. Yeah, they, they, that's standard identity kind of uh-huh. like state stealing. Someone that's Find appropriately. Someone Almost the same age, very similar description, but died young. You then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flip a few files in a database somewhere, and you assume that person's identity. But she died in ninety. She she actually died in ninety three. Rachel took over identity like six months prior, which mm-hmm. is that timeline actually tracks. And then that she was found murdered apparently in a ditch in Tuscan, I believe. How did she make all that identity stuff happen? I don't know. Because she was the lone gunman at the end of this, or not the lone gunman, but she was the the she was on her own. I she had no know. help. Didn't all, she have a bunch of? Didn't she have a bunch of money though? So so what? You go to New Mexico. Hey, anybody got some IDs? I need a fucking ID. Uh, I don't know. Like they talked about the dark net. Maybe she got on the dark net. No, <laughs> she, so, so Rachel wait, doesn't get on the say, dark wait a net. Do you? Uh, depending on the question, they uh, answered a question uh, here. Okay. I'm having trouble talking. It's been a long day. Yeah. Um, do you think that a person of average to above average intelligence with, say, $20,000 in cash with a week to think about it could find the appropriate contacts to make a fake ID? Like, if you were actually searching for that and, like, you had access to Internet, 
I'm not saying that you might get scammed, you might get taken Maybe. advantage of, but like I feel like it's I guess it's not impossible. I feel like it's a fifty fifty thing. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. you might get scammed and taken advantage of, yes. but there's also, you know, with a lot of these darknet sites, there's a reputation system to where you can't really do that just all the time. Sure. Yeah, or or you might get busted too. I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's not impossible, so I guess fine. I'll let that go. But the the way that they describe the one death and then the next death very close, and they hand a picture of an unidentifiable girl yeah. to Stamper. I was thinking, oh, is that the girl that she took the identity of? Yeah. But but it's very clear by the end of this episode that she's dead. I mean, yeah. With Stamper's we're reaction, to it's, we're dead. But I don't. With the evidence I see in front of me as the omniscient viewer, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I I think that that one scene needed a little bit more polish. Because also, <laughs> and not because I think Gavin would have any incentive to do this, other than he just wanted to get out, and she was impossible to pin down further. And he's like, "Well, I want my travel ban lifted." Sure. And he's going to be in Russia, and there's nothing Doug can do about it. He's still got that live stream of the intersection. So if he sees any old you know, Russian women walking through, if that was in fact a live stream, I wouldn't be surprised. And then, he's going to crack the case wide open when he sees that 50-year-old Russian walk. Yep. Walk and then he around. goes to Gavin, and he's pissed. Well, except probably, for Jav- probably Gavin. Probably lies, bricks, and murder. Gavin will be in the Kremlin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay. I think that's about it for Stamper and Well, Doug and fell Gavin. hard off the wagon. Like, there was, do he not did. pass syringe. Do not collect $200. It was just straight yeah. into the mug, into his face, into the street jam basketball game. Yep. <laughs> I thought I thought Doug was gonna get his ass kicked by the random dude that he hit oh, a oh, yeah, basketball yeah. with. Yeah, um, not I don't know. That's just to show him being drunk and belligerent and sure. falling from grace here. Uh, so what does Frank do with him? I mean, him conjuring up the ghost of Pete Russo, uh, Makes me think he's more because that's one of my early theses is that Doug is going to get the Russo treatment. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Does this him explicitly referencing that does it make it more or less likely, or is it the same? I think it's the same. I feel like it's the same too. <laughs> like I, I don't think that got him out of the woods. No, that... I feel like it's it's there to make the slower people among us uh, <laughs> realize that that's oh that's on the table. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Remember season yeah. one? It happened. <laughs> Sure, I, I I wouldn't put it past Frank at all, um, especially if he becomes a liability in any way. Uh, when Doug was vomiting on the floor, I was really hoping they're going to go for a full Team America treatment. <laughs> Team America <laughs> War Police cover the floor and and, and just and... increasingly, you know, swelling musical score. Yep, um, I, I was entertaining. Uh, I was entertained. <laughs> um, so not only did Frank put the uh, food lobbyist off, he also might be embroiled in an FEC violation scandal. That's the Federal Election Com- Commission that governs yeah. what you can and cannot do, what's ethical, ha, 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 <laughs> ha, ha, what's ethical in taking money and making promises in, pol- in politics. Yeah, the interesting thing is he didn't actually have a conversation with this guy in violation of those policies. No. He started to. He started to under the guise of, you know, we're just talking about Sure, which business. I'm sure happens all the time. Yes, it's, but he didn't actually have that conversation. So nothing 
out, out of the ordinary happened there. But did, were they old friends or not? I got the feeling that they probably weren't. Why would they be? I, I don't know that they were. He does. All, all he says is, you don't know how long I've known the guy. That doesn't imply that he's well, known him a long time. What I'm saying is, like, it might be a de facto violation if you just take a wealthy businessman to dinner on Air Force One without any previous relationship with them because they're like, that is... I mean that that is worth something. Like people pay big money Maybe so. Maybe for so. to do that. But then they sell nights in the Lincoln bedroom. So what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. we like to talk shit about Mexico. Like they've got corruption and stuff. And I get it that we don't like have people swinging for bridges and shit. Yeah. But we're pretty fucking corrupt in this country. Sure. There's a lot, there's a lot of bullshit going on. Um, I what don't know. Are, what are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing. We're citizens. We'll do nothing. Of course. <laughs> uh, we're going to do not vote. <laughs> um, we already talked about Remy and the speeding tickets. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what we find out about this Russian diplomat's brother. Cause I feel like that's going to be a shoot. It's going to drop. It's going to tip mm-hmm. them off that they're being uh, had one way or another. Um, I'm really interested in seeing things get nasty between Dunbar and Frank. Yep. Yep. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing what's going on with Kate and Thomas. There's just a lot of Hmm. powder keg situations here. I'm looking forward to Frank being physically crushed by the weight of the presidency. Oh yeah. He has a hard time getting out of that chair at the end and he's holding his back and he's, I'm shocked at that. This is getting to Frank. Like I would never thought that Frank is the guy that would let a soldier dying under his command, command bother him. Like I'm feeling like this season is humanizing him. It is. Yeah. Like now that he's finally in this office, he is actually yeah. feeling the, the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause there's nowhere else for him to go. Right. Like, he can't go up Everything else higher. is a means to an end. This is the end. Yes. Now he's at the end. What does he do with that? And I, I thought it was... I don't know. I like that angle on it. I really do. Hmm. Before we get into feedback, uh, I'd like to do a little bit of uh, pimping. Uh, are you enjoying the House of Cards coverage here? Yeah. Yeah, I am. If so, I hope that you would see that this is something worth supporting, because that's the only way we're able to do it. And you can find out a lot of great ways to support us at support.baldmove.com. I'm going to tell you about Club Bald Move. Club Bald Move is for, like, the fans that just can't get enough. Because what you get with a uh, uh, membership to Club Bald Move, and you can find all these benefits at club.baldmove.com, uh, is you get access to ad free fee- an ad-free feed. So you will never have to listen to me pitch you this ridiculous Club Bald Move again. <laughs> You get access to, we live record most of our podcasts, yep. and they're out, like, well, live. So it's it's literally the quickest way, other than a time machine, that you can get their podcast. And you can see us fuck up on those a lot, too. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. It's it's not always easy grinding this uh, meat and a sausage. Yeah. Uh, we also do a couple of one-off things, like we're doing some video skits for Walking Dead and outtakes for that, which some people are saying are funny. Uh, we do live watches, where you can watch a television show along with us. We do lunch with Jim and Aaron's where we just kind of sit around and entertain people and take questions and, and comments on stuff. And you mm-hmm. get access to VIP sections of the forums where you can kind of plot and scheme with us and your fellow Bald Move club members about how we're going to take over the world. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. And best of all, it's as low as a buck a month. A yeah. buck a month. That's obscene. How can how can you not, not find a buck a month in your couch cushions? Mm-hmm. 
but anyway, I hope uh, if you do see the value in it, you will uh, support us because we are independent podcasters, and that's how we get the bulk of our money. So yep. uh, thanks for all of you to support us, and thanks for listening. On the feedback, uh, again, we are kind of in a lull because we've been doing a, uh, a few of these in a row. Imagine the next cast is going to be a big feedback cast because we'll okay. have a couple days to re- regenerate. Uh, but we have a few. Uh, Freddie from Denton, Texas. Oh, boy. Fre- Wait, Freddie from Denton, Texas? <laughs> yes. Not, okay, Remy's, not Baltimore. Remy's last name is Denton, right? D- <laughs> oh, Denton or Denton? Oh, Remy's Freddie's son. Is that what you, his other son? <laughs> not, not where I was going, but sure. I think not? Remy's son could get in the White House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I don't see why not. Of course, he's he's destined to never have kids, apparently. <laughs> to never have anyone. <laughs> he had a vasectomy at the age of 12 because he knew he was that, that sure. He's regretting no, it now. No, no, no kids. Um, anyway, he said, uh, Freddie says, I was joking about Frank putting his hand on the nuke button in some of the preview stuff, but I'll be damned if they aren't making it seem plausible, hmm. albeit still far-fetched. Yeah. How great would it be if season four, more season four speculation. Sure. Goddamn. How great would it be if in season four, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland? Oh, my God. What does the presidency look like when there's no one to govern? Uh, President <laughs> uh, Camacho, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh-huh. Firing machine guns in the air, uh, sponsoring... It'll be Frank Underwood versus, versus Camacho. Camacho. That Camacho? would be amazing. Camacho, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see... I, I would per- personally love to see a cross of House of Cards and Idiocracy. That'd be amazing. House of Idiocracy. Uh, Trippy from St. Louis said... Or... He's b- building on Freddy's thesis here. Or they could release a virus which causes The Walking Dead. Okay. It's a, it's a stealth spinoff. You know what? I haven't seen a show that's done multiple types of apocalypse all at the same time. Ooh. Like, be we funny need a if... volcano in Los Angeles. What? <laughs> we need <laughs> zombies. We need the, the nukes. zombie volcano. We need... Oh, oh, man. You thought it was been... dead. You thought that it's like Mount said. You thought it was inactive, and now it's back. What, what, if, what if a volcano turned out to be a giant anthill? Like giant ants? Magma ants. Magma ants. Ooh. Magma ants. <laughs> Uh, what were There's we talking movie, about? Movie the Walking Dead. Well, we're in D.C. in The Walking Dead. What if Frank Underwood pulls up in like some bullet hole infested uh, Chevy Suburban? It'd be a Hyundai. Yeah, <laughs> be a, a Hyundai Suburban. Uh huh. <laughs> no, he's got his. He's got it. Still wearing his suit, but the sleeves are ripped off. <laughs> got right. a tie. On. He's got long, stringy, greasy hair, and he's got a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on. To Michael McBee, he said, there's certainly a lot going on this episode, but I want to focus on something I found particularly interesting. Doug, who, as I correctly predicted, uh, is a mole for Dunbar's campaign or in Dunbar's campaign. Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm especially surprised at Frank's reaction to the situation. Frank said back in season two when Seth and Doug were butting heads that it's good to have a little sibling rivalry between adopted sons. Mm -hmm. And I think we all came to the conclusion it was just a metaphor for the situation. But now I'm starting to feel like he does view at least Doug as a little bit of a son. Yes, he is uh, mainly cast into the side, but after realizing what Doug has done for him and what a state Doug is now in, he goes off on Dunbar like an upset parent looking for someone to blame for his lack of parenting of his own children. It's hard for me, the cynical version of me, not to look at that and say this is positioning. This is chest puffing. Um, I I don't I don't know. 
honestly how much Frank really cares about Stamper at this point. So that is a definite that's I'm kind of on that team, but Mr. McBee's uh <laughs> email here, Michael's email here got me thinking that you could contextualize everything that Frank has done with Doug as a way that this man has known this guy for over 20 years. He's seen him through a bout with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. He's had this serious injury with a, uh, involving a woman that he cared about. Frank putting him on the outside to let him fully physically recover Yeah, might be in him literally trying to, like, if he gets in, if, if I have direct contact or if I, he will not be able to keep himself away. And he'll start drinking, and he won't be able to handle this pressure. He could, it, yeah, that, that it scene could be is legitimate. very paternal. Yeah, no, I, it could be. But because the other thing they've is, they've done such a good job. Frank, with Frank that I'm told, not convinced. But the, the thing is, like Frank has specifically told Seth to keep an eye on Doug in mm-hmm. kind of a more of a caring way, and Seth has not done a very good job of that. And also, Seth is not relaying correctly the things that the president, you know, that Doug has been telling him to relay to the president. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, there's enough doubt in my mind that I, I would totally buy that Frank is insanely loyal to the people that are insanely loyal to him. Okay. But also, the the thing I come back to is that he looked extremely uncomfortable with this display Doug was putting on. Uh, with the head in the lap. Yes. Hmm. All right. I got the like. Oh God! Like this is. Uh, this you know, I'm putting my hand on. I guess, but mm-hmm. it didn't look like you when you'd see like Walt in a moment of weakness with Jesse, yeah, or someone that really cares. It looked more like, oh, you know, this is happening. Well, he was vomiting down his leg. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, but the full orchestra you're right. swelling. You're right. That was a little strange. But that's you know, the show is weird because it's got a great way of showing what you know, obviously one narrative that you could take any way, and they invite yeah. you to. Mm-hmm. They invite you to like figure out where this is going before we're going to tell you. We're sure, gonna, we're gonna. It, they're like constantly Kaiser Sozaing us the entire time. <laughs> it's exhausting. Fitting, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, this this show is not super easy to watch. Um, you have to pay close attention, I think, to get to get the full experience. I mean, you can do the like none of this really matters. Who's winning scorekeeping thing? I do think that the the binging. It's a show that does work better because imagine if you watch this once a week mm-hmm. or maybe just like every other, you know, you watch three episodes and you take a month off and then you watch another three episodes. Oof, and you're, You'd lose the thread. That's essentially yeah. how some of these TV critics that are hating it watch it. But I know, I mean, yeah. I don't want to talk shit about that because I know there's a lot of guys and gals out there whose opinions I also respect that do marathon it and like, Bleh. yeah, yeah. So, but I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm still digging the season. I don't know. I like the slower pace that we're going at this year. I feel like I have a better handle. I on... like the stakes being higher. That, that helps like there too. There are super yeah. high stakes. Uh, and this Russian guy, I, 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 I thought that Tusk was a fairly good foil for him, but yeah. we knew too much about Tusk because we could see Tusk's private conversations with Walker. Hmm. You know, like we got the Russian guy is a mystery. The Russian guy, the president, the president, yeah, okay. Petrov, Petrov, fake, fake Putin. He's a real mystery. You're right. You're right. We haven't been let inside behind that veil. On we? that, I think, uh, you know, like familiarity breeds contempt. The opposite's happening here. Like we are giving him this like super 
super like James Bond villain status for, for planning and plotting. We don't really have any evidence of that. It's just what we suspect. It's true. Uh, they, they give us glimpses into like, it feels weird because they're giving us some glimpses like the, the thing with Corrigan um, and how, you know, he's talking about how I can't just change these laws because the sure. society won't let me um, that sort of stuff. But we don't even know how genuine that is. That's the thing. We never see him when he's off. We never see him when he's talking to his chief of staff. He doesn't have his... a Claire there to say, now the truth is coming out. There's no Claire there. Yeah. <laughs> There's not. It's not. that. Those are the only moments when I know Frank is being honest when he's in a private room with Claire. Sure. That tells me the words coming out of his mouth are true. That's the other thing. I just, you know, I remember that little vignette of uh, him, the... When he finally gets a hold of, uh, let's see, the 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 Russian and he she and uh, uh, got Petrov. He finally got a hold of Petrov and they talked over and they did the mutual accusation thing. And he kind of hangs up on him, storms out. And Claire said, "What did he say?" And Frank's like, "I got to get this this letter." I was mm. like, "Man, that's super dismissive." But yeah. then when you actually saw what it cost him to write that letter, it's another piece of evidence that cost him his back. Cost him his back, his, his back. knuckles, and his, his relationship with his wife, uh-huh. inch by inch, piece by piece. Anyway. I, I do like how they, they pay back Petrov with a he, – he pays back Petrov with a hang-up of his own. Oh, yeah. He's just like – Got to balance the scales of presidential justice. Yep. That will, that will not stand. Pissing match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it, yeah? Yeah. Well, we'll see if we have a grave off. Speaking of pissing <laughs> contests. Okay. Uh, gonna... Stamper or Dunbar? Who's going to their grave first? <laughs> their fucking graves? We'll have to see. We okay. got like what? This is uh, we got four episodes left. Uh, this was nine, I think. Yeah. So yeah. So we are about to hit the downhill portion of the luge. It's going to really pick up speed. Yep. Can't wait. All right. Oh. You can tell people where they can find. Oh us. yes, yes. Well, you know, house uh, house of cards at baldmove.com is the email. That I'd given out because I'm I'm serious about the political survey. If there is a person out there, yeah, please tell them and be specific. Like, why exactly with your philosophical underpinnings would this motivate you? Sure. Uh, you can also play along on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. All the chapters are all broken out for your convenience. You can say spoiler free and on topic. Mm. You can also tweet at Jim at baldmove and uh, check That's out our it. Facebook threads for our oh. podcast on baldmove.com slash. Wait, facebook.com slash baldmove. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in a couple more days with another episode. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you.